Thank you, guys. So you can be seated. So I love that song that we just sang, talking about, it's called Who You Say I Am. And when we, when we hear that song, we got to think about, um, we think about, uh, we think, we, sorry, <clears throat> we put away all the things that we think about ourselves and we allow ourselves to view ourselves as the way that God sees us. So, so often we feel, we fill ourselves with this insecurity full of doubt. We have this, this distorted view of who we truly are. But God sees us as children of God, redeemed, reconciled, chosen and not forsaken. We are who he says we are. And so I think that that's going to be an important message to keep in mind as we go through um, our next value. So if you've been journeying with us, we're on this, um, we're in this series called Co-Mission, The Adventure of Living on Mission Together. And as you can see today, um, Brendan and Matt aren't here. And so I'm third in line to preach, but I'm really excited. And you'll see, that's right, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> all right, you're too kind. All right. You're throwing me off, all right? So, uh, so if we can go to the next slide. So we, we've been expressing what our vision and our mission is for the church. And so our vision is to bring the kingdom of God to our family, our community, and our world. And our mission is to make and multiply disciples who give their whole life to being like Jesus and doing what he did. Now, we've been looking at, each week, we've been looking at a different value. And so these are our core values. Loving God by loving people, authentic and accountable, communities on mission, contributors, not consumers, a people who scatter and gather and um, value scripture and spirit. And so um, today, if you've been checking our online website at our values, the one that I'm going to talk about today isn't actually on there. And it's development over delivery. And so development over delivery is... um, it's, this is our new language that we've formed for it. It says that our end goal is not the perfection of goods and services that we deliver as a church. Our end goal is an ongoing formation into the image of Christ, that it's a lifelong journey for all of us. Therefore, we prioritize development, trusting, and cultivating the unique gifts of the Holy Spirit being formed in unfinished people. And so I'm going to look at what that means today because we exist in a culture that values delivery. So I'm a big Amazon user. Me and my mom both are. I share, with, or share an account with her. Um, and so we spend a lot of money using their two-day shipping. I've been buying a lot of books recently for school. And so when I get those books, I expect them, especially if I buy them new, to not come with scratches, to come with all the pages. I expect them to come fully um, ready as finished products. And so that's similar to how we, uh, we put our self-image into that type of delivery. As we go to work or as we, as we wake up each morning, we're expected to be these perfect people. Especially as we come to church, we dress nice, we, we put on this image that everything's okay with us because that's what we believe in our culture. That our culture values this idea that I need to put on my best self no matter what's going on inside of me, no matter how broken or how how. how shameful or whatever we're bringing today, no matter how much we feel that, we have to bring our best self. And so similar to how I expect my Amazon products to be that way, that's how I am expected to be. So I expect my products to be finished. If I'm expected to be finished and completed and all this stuff, I'm also going to put that on the products that, I, that I'm buying. But that's not the journey that Christ calls us on. So he calls us into this life of development. 
It's this idea of uh, the way that he discipled, this discipleship culture that we're trying to set up here is reflected in how God also discipled uh, his disciples. And um, it's, it's this idea that he sends out, rather than this Amazon idea of delivery, he sends us out as unfinished products. He sent his disciples out without them even really realizing um, who he fully was, and they were sent out to go preaching um, to all the nations. And yet... Uh, this development, it, the, the idea that comes to mind is, you've probably heard it before, it's the journey, not the destination. So this journey that we're called on is this idea of development along, along the way and not focusing on the end goal, not focusing on that final delivery. So as the people of God, we haven't reached our final destination yet. And so one of the, one of the big things that stood out to me as I was kind of talking about this, sorry if this mic is... But one of, the, one of the big things that I was thinking about as I was going through this message and going through this idea of we're not quite there is uh, Scripture, this book that we kind of look at a lot of times where it's old people who did something really amazing in the past that we now look at in our present time. But that Scripture is not over. We fit right into Scripture. We fit in right into that final, those final two chapters of Revelation that talk about the new heaven and new creation, this redemptive nature. And so that, it's called the already and not yet tension. So when Christ came, he fulfilled the scriptures of the Old Testament. So it's already fulfilled that he came and he did what he said he was going to, but we're not yet at this fully redeemed, um, not ha- we haven't yet received this full redemption of who, uh, this full redemption that Christ is working us towards in this new creation. So the promises of Revelation have not yet um, come to fruition. And so we're on this continuous process until that time of development through our relationship with Christ. And so the scripture passage that I would like to look at today that is um, one of the ways that Christ sets up this uh, discipleship culture um, is Luke 9 through 10, not Luke 9, 10 through 17, and it's the story of feeding the 5,000. So if you can put that one up on the screen for me. So when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. He took, he, then he took with them, um, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and then followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were in need of healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that uh, so they can go to the surrounding villages and countrysides and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all the crowd, um, unless we go and buy all food for this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up the twelve baskets of broken pieces that were left over. So the first thing that I want to point out as a part of this story um, is how the disciples reacted to, you give them something to eat. The disciples' immediate reaction was, wait, what am I supposed to do? I don't have enough food. I don't have enough money to pay for all of this food. What am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't have enough. 
And so that's the disciples having this, also this mindset that we have of this delivery culture, where, we're, where, where the, their mindsets are, I'm, they're so overwhelmed. I mean, the disciples were, were simply called and they decided to follow. They feel like they're overwhelmed, they're over their heads, they bit off more than they can chew. And now they're, they're, they're hungry themselves, and there's 5,000 people who are also following them that are hungry. And so they felt like they didn't have enough to give. And so they felt like they were falling short of Christ's expectations for them. And so um, a story that I have for you is I relate with the disciples well. So back when I was um, early on um, in my college career, I transferred to Grand Valley, and I was trying to get involved with campus ministry there. And I had a couple of friends who were there, and so I had a couple people who helped me get involved a little bit. But as I was sitting in the campus ministry office one day, Chris Peters, who, runs, who used to run the campus ministry there, came up to me and said, hey, Ryan, I want you to be on a leadership team. And my immediate reaction was I kind of laughed to myself and thought, who am I to lead? I feel I'm, I'm young in my faith. I'm still discovering who I am, what my place is. Who am I to, to welcome others in, to have them experience this you know, community that I've been just getting involved in? And so he told me that I, that I should pray about it, and he continued to push me and continued to ask me. And he said, before you say no again, let me tell you about what we're going to be doing. And so we set up this new thing that was called the bridge team. And so on this bridge team, it was to welcome in the outsider, to welcome in people who didn't feel like they had a community, similar to how I felt when I was on the outside looking in. And so this community that we were setting up was similar to what I was doing. And so after a lot of prayer and a lot of thought, I decided that I should join it. And it was a huge blessing to be around these great leaders that I was surrounded with, the great leaders that were already doing good work in, in campus ministry. And I was also blessed by the people who were coming in as new students, to which helped me develop my own community. And so I almost let my insecurities and my doubts uh, stop me and hold me back from um, what God was calling me into. And so I had to step out in faith, and I, I had the thought in my mind that, um, if, if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to go. And so as we go back to the passage, we see uh, what Jesus' response is to the disciples. He said, simply have them sit down and let me show you. So Christ invites them into this culture where he's like, I need you to do something pretty incredible. And they're like, I don't feel ready for that. I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. And he says, just come and believe, trust in me. I'm going to do great things through you. And so as he invites them in, he's showing them, it's just a, it's just a quick glimpse into this, this discipleship culture where he passes on what he did to them and they take it out to the people. And so that's, that's this discipleship culture that he's trying to set up. And so when I was, um, so as some of you know, I, I came back from Houston recently and that's just one of the many places that I have gone um, on for doing missions work around the country. So the very first time that I did missions work, I was um, tasked with going to the Cheyenne River Reservation in Eagle Butte, South Dakota. And so if you're thinking that's in the middle of nowhere, you're absolutely correct. And so I was, so I was, I was nervous about going out there because I didn't know what I was doing. I was going out there to a people group, Native Americans, that I had never really had some, enough interaction with to really understand the culture. So I didn't know the culture. I didn't know what my job was, really. And they tasked me with being in charge of three girls who were going to be on my team for the whole summer. And so, as you can imagine, I was a little terrified, and I was pretty anxious. And 
I almost decided that I wasn't going to go because it was just so much for me to think about. And I was deciding like what I was going to do for the rest of my life on top of that. So, so when I was trying to decide whether to go or not to go, I decided to go. And um, the day before I left, I was so terrified and I just, was, I just stopped and prayed. And the song came to my mind that I used to like help me um, was Sanctuary, which is an old hymn that says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And so this song is, is welcoming this preparation for God to be at work in what I was going to be doing. This preparing me for what I felt unworthy for, what I felt unable to accomplish, what I felt insecure about. And so um, this... Uh, and it allowed me to, to view myself as a dwelling place for the Lord as we all are. And so God was super faithful in that time. And when I said yes, I stepped out in faith and it forever changed my life. It changed the way that I viewed ministry and it's allowed me to be where I am today. And so another scripture verse that's really, that's really stood out to me recently um, is Acts 4.13, which says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And so throughout scripture we see that God calls ordinary people, very simple people. He calls Abraham and Moses. And Christ calls these disciples who were simple fishermen. And they do amazing things. They do the extraordinary things that we read about in scripture that uh, we couldn't even fathom or imagine. All these things that we read about are things that they were called into, and they were just simple, ordinary people who God called to do the extraordinary. And so these disciples who were fishermen and tax collectors were the ones who Christ was going to use to build his church on and to lead his people. And so this is only the second time I've preached. I've been up here a lot, um, but only the second time that I've preached and so the first time that I preached was, was not too long ago when we had some extraordinary people here, Aaron Boyd and Grant McCartney, who's an American Ninja Warrior. Um, they, were both, they were both here, and we had all the World Orphans people here. And so when I came up here, I, I, I immediately, my thought as I was preaching, as I took a deep breath, was saying, who am I to be up here right now? Why am I up here? And so I think that we all are called into these opportunities of development. We're all called in these opportunities to say, what is God telling me? How do I step out in faith? What is, it, what is my next step? And uh, on a journey, it's the first step is what starts the journey. So whatever, in order to run a mile, you have to take the first step. And so as you kind of have noticed... It's no coincidence that I'm teaching development over delivery as someone who is in this process of development, being in school, and being a, being a potential uh, preacher and pastor one day. But it's not just me who is on this journey. And so we have some language here called 3DM language. And if you can switch to the teaching square for me. And so this teaching square is a part of our culture here. It's part of the language that we use where it says, I do and you watch. So someone who is leading and discipling says, I'll do it and you watch me this time. The next time this, that same thing happens, it says, I do, and you help me do it. And then third, you do, and I help. And then you do, and I watch. So it's this continuous square of discipleship 
that's leading people in and being like, I'm not just going to throw you into the deep end, but I'm going to show you, then I'm going to help you, and then I'm going to watch you, um, or, and then I'm going, yeah, then I'm going to help you, and then I'm going to watch you. And it's, and it's also just a part, this, this value that we've recently added um, to our values at Victory Point, but it's been a part of our DNA for a long time. And it, we, that's very evident when we look at um, Kids Hope, when we look at Generation Spark, that pairs um, adults with, with young students who are trying to grow, and they're both on this process of development, and they both have their lives dramatically impacted by those experiences. It changes lives, and it's just changing lives in, in the small community, in the small relationship, but it has such a big impact because they go forward and they also do the same. Our kids' zone volunteers that are over there right now teaching um, those kids that ran out of here, um, they're impacting kids in a new way each time, bringing to life the scriptures uh, in a new and impactful way. And so it's also a part of our missional communities, our huddles, our workshops that we share here. These all promote this culture of discipleship, this developmental learning, and this process that we are continually on until, this, until we are developed. So I'd like to invite the band up now. So Jesus spent his entire ministry developing his culture of discipleship. He paved the way. He set the example that we are to live into this, this idea of continuously developing who we are, growing. And my question to you is, are you listening for what God has for you? Are you do you have those opportunities where you can step out in faith? Are we living into who God is truly calling us to be? Are we listening to who God says that we are? Or are we listening to who society is telling us that we are? Are we trying to be this perfect image? Are we trying to promote ourselves as being this, I'm t- I have my life together, everything is good, or are we just coming openly and honestly uh, before the cross and revealing who we truly are? So we've been on this long journey together, this journey of co-mission, this adventure of living on mission together, and we're still growing and developing ourselves. As a church and as a staff, um, we're still growing in our ability to love God by loving people being authentic and accountable, being communities on mission and being contributors, not consumers, valuing scripture, being a people who scatter each week and then gather back up, and of course, being a people who are on a developmental journey and not focusing on delivery. So I pray that you will come with us on this continuous journey of adventure of living on mission together. Pray with me. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have to gather and worship, Lord. We have brothers and sisters all over the world right now that are not able to speak the name of Jesus without threat of death. They risk everything just for an experience. Just an experience of hearing your word of God be spoken aloud. They gather and scatter their people on mission together, and so are we So may we gather in the song of our brothers and sisters today, lifting up a voice of praise, being a people that aren't perfect, that don't necessarily have it all together all the time, but be people that are continuously desiring after you, desiring after who you call us to be, Lord. A people that that live and exist in Scripture, that the story is not over yet, and we get to partner in that story. 
So we just thank you, Lord, for who you are and who you call us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.